previously on the 32 minute podcast why are we discussing occlusion just after material selection <laughs> occlusion uh, may be uh, the starting point of treatment but it is something that we need to look at from the future perspective and and then plan the treatment accordingly when you come into private practice you don't have departments patient doesn't come to a department patient comes to you as the clinician and you're the entire university now in sequence i am a big believer that occlusion should be taught and learned first only then should come actual clinical steps uh, of fixed prosthodontics which is which is what you remember we did with our book as well the smallest of interference can result in problems way more than what we as dentists even perceive which is why so many patients who walk into our practice with migraine headaches neck ache back aches tinnitus clicking and popping in the jaw joint we often never related to a bite problem when the actual problem lies in occlusion which is why a lot of these patients go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor and no one has any answer for why they have a problem a line in the front is a guidance a line at the back is an interference yeah. because i had lost a bet <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome to know hi there I'm your host Dr. Mayur Dawda and you're listening to the 32 minute podcast where I interview some of the finest dental professionals of the world to share their experiences and tips with all of you. This is a podcast where you can learn a lot irrespective of whether you are a dental student, hygienist, ceramist or a dentist. This podcast is for everyone in dentistry. I release an episode every Sunday morning, so do subscribe to the 32 minute podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Gaana or any other platform of your choice. Hi boys, uh welcome back. It's such a pleasure to have you on the 32 minute podcast. Likewise my friend Mayur an absolute honor being here at this lovely studio that you have. I am glad you liked it. Thank you. What is your favorite book? My favorite book is Clinical Fix Prosthodontics. <laughs> Could there have been a better answer? Yeah, your favorite holiday destination. Uh there there are quite a few to that one. Yeah, quite a few. But uh uh growing up I have always been someone who enjoys the waters uh uh-huh. more than anything else. So uh, I would say the Great Barrier Reef. Wow. Uh for okay. for its its underwater marine life, mm-hmm. uh the corals and the experience of of doing uh, a scuba there. Uh I I know that's that's oh, my calling. Okay. Uh the next question is uh wine scotch or rum I am a tea totaler my friend oh, that's So cool. that's the reason green why tea. I enjoy green tea Cheers <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> Cheers again Cheers. <laughs> All right I think there was quite an insight into uh the kind of personality that uh, we have Dr Moines one of my closest friends and uh, one person who is really really close to me whom I've learned a lot from um so Likewise, that's awesome friend. that's Likewise. awesome All right so let's jump back into the topic uh-huh. right uh so you did mention about static occlusion as well as uh dynamic occlusion mm-hmm. uh why i mean okay let let me take it back on the top why do i need to figure this out first like why is this so important uh people keep on talking about interferences and stuff like that how do i actually get rid of interferences and um what is a foolproof way to actually understand interferences and get rid of them let us understand uh, one very important aspect here mayur signs precede symptoms yeah 
right? So uh, signs are things that we see, right? Symptoms are what patients tell us, okay? So uh, pain, sensitivity, uh, th these are symptoms, right? But uh, attrition, app fraction, mobility, these are signs. These do not cause problems until they reach a specific uh, threshold uh, or, or an individual's ability to cope with the problem comes down. Okay, so look for signs. Don't wait for symptoms. Uh, this would be a foolproof way of understanding there is a problem in the masticatory system. Okay, it's important to understand, friends, that the human dentition was made to survive the entire life. Okay, uh, enamel will always outweigh the human body in terms of age. Okay, uh, people lose teeth, but they should not be losing enamel. Which means if they are losing enamel, be it attrition or, or be it uh, uh, abrasion or, or be it uh, any form of pathologic uh, uh, or traumatic bite, there is a problem. And that problem needs to be identified and then corrected, right? Which is the reason why diagnosis and having that key sense, that, that key eye for detail is, is, is important, okay? Now, how do we do that is, is more complex what I would want all of us to understand is don't look at treating patients in your earlier years. Look at not creating new patients, right? So uh, understanding your static and dynamic uh, occlusion for uh, a single restoration, for a single crown, a bridge, quadrant dentistry, full arch, full mouth. It's always uh, a ladder that you climb. Do not jump in and start treating complex patients uh, who have orofacial pain or maxillofacial problems uh, when, when you are not well versed with the basics uh, of dental occlusion. So uh, I think I will be addressing a lot more on this when we talk about articulating papers, Mayor, because uh, although we have the, the T-scan and, 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 and these digital gadgets to quantify occlusion, for a regular dentist, it is the patient's proprioception and my articulating paper, which which works uh, best for me. Okay, so I think that aspect can be catered to in, in detail then. But but very simply put, let me give all of you all a, a clinical scenario, something that's very common and, and something that I know for a fact that a lot of dentists uh, jump in and, and start treating. Sensitivity, right? Now, if a patient walks into your practice with sensitivity, what's the first thing that you will do for that patient, Mayur? Tell me. Check out how much of dentine was exposed and Perfect. if there is dentine, uh, if that if dentine is exposed, especially in class five case, I'm going to slap some composite over there. Uh -huh. But I started um, rectifying myself after Akshay Kumar Swami's session. Uh, so I do take into account if there is a recession mm -hmm. and I do try to cater to that first. But mm -hmm. um, quite a few cases, you actually can't do quite a lot um, if there is a lot of bone loss, but Yes, I do try to understand occlusion, but it's still above my head. Okay, what if I tell you this patient walks into your practice and says, I have sensitivity. But when you look at that tooth, that looks, there seems to be no problem. There, There is no abfraction, there's no oh, gingival recession, okay. there is no caries, there is no abnormal tooth fractures that are yeah. happening inside. Now, what do you do for this patient? Uh, uh, there are two options. One is... Uh, there is a dentist next door, actually. And the other <laughs> option is, uh, I have a friend, Dr. Moez Kakiani, who is based in Bandra, who might be able to help you with this. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so it, let, let me give you an answer from a from a from an everyday dentist perspective. Patient, I have sensitivity. I have patient ko 
anti sensitivity toothpaste i have an answer to i'm just i'm just saying tooth mousse is <laughs> is that what you are expecting <laughs> oh wait thermoseal <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We we have we have Sensodyne. We have uh, Rapid Relief from Colgate. We have a lot of these uh, sensitivity-based toothpastes available, right? Now let's understand that this patient has used all of these toothpastes and still come back saying, "Doctor Sab, अभी भी तकलीफ है. कब तकलीफ होती है, Doctor Sab? जब ठंडा पानी लेते हैं ना, मीठा लेते हैं तब होता है. गरम पे नहीं होता. Remember, if there is a reaction to hot, this is usually a pulpal problem. But if it's reaction to cold, sensitivity to sweet, it often is the problem related to occlusion. Okay. Okay. Uh, simple example here. Okay. Uh, patient comes back saying, "Doctor, sir, ye ye dard jai nira." Okay. You have given you toothpaste. I've, I've I've taken care of everything that possibly could have been done. Patient still says, "I am having pain." I I love to say this. Saw bimari ek ilaj, root canal treatment. Treat the nerve; the problem will go away. Yes, if you do a root canal for that patient, the sensitivity and the pain will actually go away. You know why? Because you have disoccluded that tooth. Make sense? Okay. So how often you do a root canal and then you give the patient a crown? After you give the crown, the patient says, "Doctor, sir, now I'm feeling sensitive in that tooth again." And you're thinking to yourself, "Root canal treated tooth में sensitivity क्यों हो सकती है? कहीं कोई canal miss तो नहीं हो गया." But guess what, friends? This is the problem with occlusion. Sensitivity and occlusion are are like brothers and sisters. They're very closely related to each other. And and this may not be static occlusion, which is what I'm sure you'd have checked. This is a problem with dynamic mandibular function. that is why it's important that we check blue for static red for excursive remove those red interferences they will be very obvious you remove that and your patient will almost immediately tell you ha ah, perfect this feels good let the patient have chilled water in front of your patient like kuch problem nahi ho raha doctor sir so you're going to be checking for static and then dynamic always in, in always static and then dynamic in all the quadrants no for for that specific tooth per se oh for that specific tooth. because our role is to not correct the rest of the bite for that patient our role is to not introduce a problem for that patient mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. let me let me cater to that single crown for that patient yeah uh, could you actually give us a practical example to understand that this particular scenario like just take take an example of if the patient is coming to me for say 46 uh sensitivity in 46 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i don't see any reason mm -hmm. uh what are you going to do next provided we've already cleared off all the other etiologies perfect so uh, the first thing mayo that i would always do and i would want all all the uh, all the viewers and and all those who are hearing this podcast to do is look for the tip of the canine tooth okay. right uh when we talk about guidances Uh, I always say canine is the Amitabh Bachchan, right? It it one singular thing that can carry the entire industry with it. Okay, so canine guided occlusion is the ideal form of of this uh, of of lateral guidance. Okay, if this patient's canine tip is treated, there's a possibility that the molar might be uh, contacting in lateral excursion, and if that's happening. the muscles that bring about mandibular movement are always in an in a hyper excited state okay which increases the bite load of the patient in in every excursive stroke uh let me give you a very simple clinical example uh this patient was was having chawal rice something very soft and there was a vertical tooth fracture 
डोंट वी सी पेशेंट्स कम इन विद स्प्लिट टूथ एंड एन यू आस दिस पेशेंट कुछ कड़क खाया था नहीं डॉक्टर साहब मैं तो एकदम हल्का हल्का सा कुछ खा रहा था और दांत टूट गया टेल मी डिड दैट स्मॉल मॉसल ऑफ फूड एक्चुअली कॉज द एंटायर टूथ टू क्रैक नो इट्स द माइक्रो ट्रॉमा दैट्स बीन बिल्डिंग फॉर वीक्स मे बी मंथ्स मे बी इयर्स दैट कॉज इट टू स्प्लिट टूथ कंप्लीटली ओके नाउ इफ दिस एस्पेक्ट वॉज लुकड इन टू इन एडवांस इफ द केनाइन वॉज बिल्ड इवन विद कंपोजिट्स इन एडवांस as simple as building the tip of the canine in composite could have saved that molar from undergoing pathologic fracture if your patient comes in with sensitivity on the 6 don't jump and start removing enamel from the 6 it's always best to do what is called as additive equilibration which is build composite onto the tip of the canine allow the canine to provide its role of lateral disseclusion your patient's sensitivity at the back will vanish wow uh that's something really really good that all of us uh, are going to try in fact i did try uh, quite a lot of that after attending your full mouth rehab course right and i believe um, uh covid has been um a pandemic where uh, a lot of things got affected and uh, our continuing education also did get affected although a lot of doors did open up uh, for online education but uh, major courses did stop Uh, but I'm really, really happy to hear that your FMR courses are starting again. Tell, tell me something about that. Full mouth rehabilitation, one on one, with hands on, is back. Awesome. When, when, when is it? Oh yeah. So we're having this in Mumbai on the twenty third, twenty fourth, and the twenty fifth of January. Okay. Uh, we're doing a small batch, only fifteen participants, and and we're going to be doing a, a three day lecture, demonstration, and hands on. right and the demonstrations will be all live demonstrations uh we're not calling in any patients but we will be doing demonstrations on each other the hands on will be on each other all these are non invasive procedures like uh recording the facebook uh transferring or to a semi adjustable articulator doing simple steps like deprogrammation of the mandible uh with anterior stops uh mm-hmm. taking a centric relation record taking protrusive records mounting a semi adjustable articulator programming it and and something that i i strongly believe setting the vertical dimension on the articulator not just by what you see in the patient's mouth so we we're, we're basically doing this to understand how do we treat bruxers uh who have worn the entire dentition down right you you very rightly mentioned that covid has changed a lot of things which means a lot of people today uh, a lot of people out there are bruxing and clenching right they are grinding their teeth down which means very soon these people are going to need complex reconstructions and here we are ready to cater to their need absolutely i totally agree with that um but there is a lot of stress on uh, not only dentists but a lot of general people out there be it financial or be it health wise and I think there are going to be a lot of studies which are going to focus on how the pandemic has changed the uh, algorithm inside the mouth and how it's going to affect our occlusion that's something that that's really interesting uh, for study purposes as well I'm I'm sure it's going to be very important Oh absolutely we we're, we're going to be that generation that tells uh, the the kids that are to come uh we lived through that pandemic yeah, right absolutely. how many people say yeah. we we survived the world war for us this is this is not the nuclear world war but but a bio uh bio world war right that we've yeah. survived and, through so yeah and i think it's going to be a very good um interesting topic to do research on as well for people who want to pursue phd as to how the pandemic actually affected the oral health with respect to occlusion 
fantastic uh, for people who want to pursue further education right so i was actually just referring to your book in which you have mentioned about um, the types of occlusion um would you want to speak about that right now um i'm sure there is group function we have canine guidance i think we did not speak about that um i think this is the right time yeah yeah absolutely us. absolutely so uh when we're talking about uh lateral excursion uh we have two forms of occlusion right which is the canine guided uh, or the canine rise or or we have the group function now the difference between this is is when the mandible say goes towards the right side okay the maxillary and the mandibular canine alone on the right side are in contact which means posterior teeth are completely disoccluded they are separated okay that's your canine guided occlusion now what happens in a patient uh, whose canine is missing or the canine is not in its correct position or the canine tip is treated when when they go into a lateral excursion along with the canine a group of posterior teeth contact simultaneously so that is that is why that is called as group function occlusion right now if you were to ask me what is better i'd always say canine guided is better than group function right this is because uh, canine remember has the longest root canine has maximum proprioception canine is supported by cortical bone right remember we have this canine bump that's present here and and most importantly canine remember is called as the cornerstone because it's positioned between the weakest anterior tooth which is your lateral and the weakest posterior tooth which is your first premolar and and it's positioned away from the hinge which is your temporomandibular joint so in individuals who have canine guided occlusion in general the muscular activity is actually very less right so they may be able to function and masticate better without using excessive amount of muscular force on the other hand if you have someone who has a group function or 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 going into what is called as a pathologic group function they tend to exert heavy amount of force when they masticate and then these are people who tend to lose enamel uh, or 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 eventually need a full mouth uh, reconstruction okay um so your target is uh, when you are restoring something inside the patient's mouth what is your preference of target do you try to achieve canine guidance do you try to achieve group function and how does this change with your particular case in in uh, for example um you would probably want to think about giving canine guidance in a single tooth restoration or, or if it's an implant case uh, or if it's a full mouth implant case uh, can you just break it down for the listeners if you don't mind okay so the simple thought process here is to remember which tooth you are restoring yeah okay let me start off with with working on a single tooth and then moving forward if i am working on a single canine tooth i have the entire liberty with me to give my patient a canine guided occlusion regardless of what my patient came into me with okay. okay if my patient came in with group function i would want to give my patient canine guidance because i know it's important for that patient provided remember uh, the canine is structurally strong okay uh, which means it's not a post and core and provided the canine is periodontally strong which means it's not mobile okay it has good uh, bone support good periodontal support so provide your patient with a canine guided occlusion now if you're doing a premolar uh if your patient is uh coming to your practice with a canine guided occlusion please make sure your patient leaves with a canine guided occlusion your premolar is a very critical tooth why because if you leave an interference on that premolar you've changed the patient's canine guidance into group function which means your patient may eventually go down through a path of breakdown and may even need a full mouth rehabilitation years later all because you left one premolar tooth with an interference okay if you are doing a molar 
please never leave interferences on a molar. A molar interference is the worst because remember a molar is closest to the temporomandibular joint, is closest to the muscular, muscular, muscular forces and that is why people chew from the back, right? Because the muscular force is maximum. So if you goof up, if you do, if you do something wrong at the back, the implications of it are far worse. Okay, so whenever possible, try to leave your patients with a canine guided occlusion. Now, uh, imagine if I'm doing a full mouth rehabilitation, tooth supported, I should be leaving my patient with canine guided occlusion. If I am doing a full mouth implant supported, there is no concept of canine guidance there. Canine guidance comes from a canine tooth. The moment the canine tooth is extracted, now there is no concept of canine guidance. This has to be group function. That is why in implant restored dentitions, you cannot have canine guidance even if only the canine is an implant. If your canine is an implant, please do not provide guidance on that implant. All this is lateral uh, non-axial forces. These are tensile forces that will cause bone loss, that will cause screw loosening, that will cause your implant eventually to fail. That is why it's important to understand uh, occlusion is prosthesis dependent. Okay. Uh, what if I have changed the first premolar to a canine? What if you've changed the first premolar to a canine? The answer is simple. Provide group function. Right? Provide group function, but don't leave group function only on that premolar. A premolar does not have the kind of root or bone support yeah. that a canine has. Okay. Yeah. So in such a situation, I would leave the lateral guidance on the first and the second premolar together. Okay. In this situation, together we stand, divided, we fall. But do not leave guidance on a molar. Remember okay. that for life, friends. Okay, so at any cost of, at any point of time, I would probably not want uh, guidances on my molars. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we have seen uh, apprehension. I am sure a couple of listeners might be able to listen to me. Okay, fine. Just to be a little extra cautious, they actually uh, make... Okay, I'm just going to take a break. Oh, that's the 450 alarm. Yes, yes, yes. That's our reminder. All right. Soon we will have Dr. Akshay Kumar Swami with us. Yeah. Who will be giving away the award for the winner. Choice of one. Oh, yes. Uh, coming back to my question. Uh, what was my question? Uh, oh, some some listeners will, yeah, will agree yeah, with yeah. you. Uh, so there are a couple of people who actually intentionally keep it uh, under occlusion. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Ah, okay. So I, I know of a lot of clinicians who will who will tell the laboratory technician high point ni anachie crown me. And and so a lot of clinicians often believe the crown that you put in and the patient says no, there is no high point. You're technician. Hai. Oh my friends, that is so, so, so wrong. I know a lot of people under occlude uh, teeth thinking I'm not creating a problem. But guess what? You actually are. Because uh, no two teeth can stay away from each other. Either the tooth that you have crowned will supra erupt or the antagonist may supra erupt. Now, when this supra eruption occurs, it is an uncontrolled form of eruption. There is no ways you can quantify which tooth surface will go and contact which cuspal incline. Where will the actual static contact land up and where will the guidance profile land up? In that attempt, 
of not creating a problem, you are leaving the situation to chance. Okay. And this may not work in the patient's favor. And I believe there is there is a way to find out if you have uh, a prosthesis that's actually not occluding. And I believe that process will be discussed in the articulating. In the articulating papers, yeah, friends, it's something that we call as a shim stock. Yeah. It's an eight micron foil, but but as as you rightly said, that could be for uh, our podcast on articulating Let's papers. Let's keep some suspense over here. Oh yes. As well. Drama. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, so I think. Uh, we have pretty much covered uh, the whole thing. At least do the you, basics, yeah. Do you, do you yeah. want to discuss about interferences or you think that should be good? Uh, so when, when it comes to interferences, it's important for everyone to remember that this could happen at the dental level, muscular level or the joint level. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what people often land up doing is only looking at... Uh, teeth or where the problem lies now now occlusion is is often like a hormone the problem could be a crown that you've 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 placed on the lower right side the manifestation could be somewhere completely different okay so it's like a hormone the the, the secretion is somewhere else the effect is somewhere else so uh, i would want everyone to understand that don't just look at teeth but uh, start looking at at the patient as as a holistic system where where you are catering to muscles and the temporomandibular joint as well awesome uh and you have i'm sorry and you have actually mentioned about ideal occlusion mm-hmm. and does mm-hmm. that actually exist does, does that concept exist uh so uh to be very true mayur ideal occlusion is is a model right. uh that that we've created to understand what the best form of occlusion looks like why uh-huh. because now when i'm treating a uh, single tooth or a full mouth rehabilitation I try to get my patient as close to the ideal model as possible, right? Which is where uh, the concept of functional occlusion and functional malocclusion comes in. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, because you will have patients uh, who will have the most amazing dentition, but are constantly in pain somewhere or the other. And you wonder where is that pain coming from, right? And you will see others who have butchered their teeth, flattened the entire dentition, and they seem to have absolutely no problems with their bite. But this is to do with uh, the, the concept of functional malocclusion. Mm. A lot of individuals tend to accommodate to interferences that are present in their mouth, not presenting symptoms. But as I said, they will always have signs of breakdown. And that's why it's important that we look for these signs because these signs are telling us that there is a problem. And, and if we don't cater to it now, it may result into a much bigger uh, issue that may not provide the best uh, end result for our patient in the long run. Right. So okay. uh, physiologic malocclusion is, is what patients have accommodated to. Pathologic malocclusion is where we need to, as clinicians, step in and correct the occlusion. Awesome. I think that's all we have time for in this episode on occlusion. Thank you, Moez. I really enjoyed asking you um, leading questions. Awesome. And I'm really happy that you could uh, um, help me and I'm sure the other listeners with uh, why occlusion is important even before we start tooth preparation. All right. So, all Fantastic. Right. Thank you. That is all we have time for in this episode of the 32-Minute Podcast. Do check out all our blogs, contests, events, and other episodes on 32minute.com. If you have questions for any of the speakers interviewed on my podcast, or if you are someone who has 
valuable information or experience that can help the listeners or if you would want me to call a particular guest on my show please mail me on podcast at 32minute.com i'm also open to your suggestions and ideas to make the show more helpful and exciting don't forget to join our telegram group for all the updates on our activities on the 32 minute podcast I release an episode every Sunday morning so do subscribe to my podcast to get an alert when I release the next episode. Please remember it takes 30 hours of hard work for a single episode on the podcast. So if you like the show please leave a review and a rating on my podcast. This is your host Dr. Mayur Dawda signing off for now. I'll meet you in the next episode of my podcast. Till then keep listening, keep learning.